So I've got everybody's favorite lawyer here, Andrea Burkhart, and she's going to break down the aftermath of this big ruling. And I know it was very disappointing to a number of us, even if it was expected in the Marilyn Manson case. So, Andrea, first of all, I, we've talked about this a lot already, but can you in like a minute just summarize for people what this ruling was? Uh, the ruling granted the motions, basically. And so this is a preliminary motion that you get to bring in California when you're alleging that you're being sued for exercising your First Amendment rights, your, your free speech and, and petitioning rights. And so Evan Rachel Wood and Ilma Gore had both challenged various aspects of Marilyn Manson's claim against them uh, based on allegations that they had forged this FBI letter and filed it in. Evan Rachel Wood's child custody case, uh, allegations that they had conspired to, you know, gin up this hoax with multiple uh, false accusations of sex crimes and things like that against Marilyn Manson, and then defamation claims accusing him of uh, basically being a, a pedophile and, and stuff like that arising out of this, this film, this art film groupie that he'd made but never released. And the court basically agreed with Evan Rachel Wood and Ilma Gore that all of those uh, are barred from recovery under California law, under the anti-slap law. They're going to be treated as First Amendment activity, and uh, therefore those aren't going to be allowed to go forward. And so that leaves what? What is left then in the lawsuit? <laughs> So what is left, he still has multiple grounds uh, for a claim that he's filed for intentional infliction of emotional distress, which is basically a cause of action that says you've engaged in conduct that's so extreme and outrageous, it exceeds the bounds that ordinary society will tolerate. And you did that, you know, with the intent of distressing this person and you actually did, you know, cause them severe emotional distress. And so there's grounds for that that still survive in this action. Those are things like the swatting, you know, uh, breaking into his email accounts, his social media accounts, trying to implicate him in emailing what appears to be child pornography, uh, that, that type of thing. So they are very, very serious allegations that still remain. Uh, two of the other causes of action that have survived are specifically claims that arise under the California Penal Code. These are criminal statutes dealing with things like impersonating somebody over the internet, uh, unlawfully accessing their accounts, that type of thing. Uh, but it does remove kind of the heart of the case in the sense that the purpose of this lawsuit, you know, I'm assuming at least to some extent was to give him an opportunity to litigate the falsity of, of these multiple accusations that were, you know, so publicly made against him back in, in February of 2021, given the nature of this ruling, those claims have basically been, been taken off the table. And so what's left is this individual wrongdoing that, you know, going to be attributable, you know, to, to Evan Rachel Wood and, and Ilma Gore at trial, but isn't going to necessarily touch on those deeper issues of trying to fabricate a Me Too hoax, mm, you know, to mm -hmm, nail the guy for publicity mm -hmm. and personal gain and political power and all of that. Okay, so if I understand you correctly, you're saying that there are still 
significant, legitimate crimes, violations that Ilma Gore and Evan Rachel Wood are, are accused of in the remaining part of the lawsuit, but it's not going to really offer him an opportunity to publicly adjudicate whether he himself committed those offenses that Evan Rachel Wood accused him of? That's kind of how I see it. Yeah. Um, because it's really going to, at this point, just come down to can he prove, you know, they unlawfully got into his computer, used his accounts, um, you know, called call the sheriff's office to do the welfare check, that type of thing. And it really isn't going to implicate uh, that that broader conspiracy, that broader hoax. In other words, if you take that hoax out of the picture entirely, it's not going to change the evidence or the perspective on whether they hacked his email. So mm -hmm. it, it really does take a lot of that meat uh, off the table. Is Evan Rachel Wood implicated enough in what is remaining so that it could still be painful for her to have to or, or she could still be found guilty or liable or something if if this went to trial? Or is it kind of like ah, it's basically Ilma Gore and Evan's just kind of now sort of peripherally in here? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And that's going to come down to the evidence, you know, only only Evan Rachel Wood and Ilma Gore really know at this point what the likelihood is going to be that, that he can he can make that link. Just based on the allegations itself, uh, it doesn't necessarily look like there's all that much at this point uh, to, to be able to pin that on Evan Rachel Wood. Uh, but remember, these weren't part of the anti slap suit. And now that the anti-slap decision is out, the discovery stay is lifted. So he now mm. gets to move forward with the process of investigating those claims, things he didn't get to do mm. uh, in any substantial way before. So he can uh, take out more evidence, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and this is how lawsuits typically work. You know, you, you, you don't you don't walk into a civil court with all of your evidence. You know, if, if you had that, you wouldn't need these discovery processes mm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's it's perfectly normal that you walk into a lawsuit with, uh, you know, some proof, you generally have to have some basis, you know, to be making allegations. Uh, but it's understood that you aren't necessarily going to be able to back every single thing up that you believe you can prove once you're given the opportunity to go through that discovery process. So that's really what the anti-slap law does that is so detrimental to you know, justice, quite frankly, in, in a lot of situations is it really cuts you off at the knees by putting the standard of proving that you're probably going to be able to win at trial on this issue when you haven't had the opportunity mm. to conduct discovery in it. It's, it's just it changes the standard so that with these types of claims, you really do have to walk into court from the outset with all of your evidence, you know, already already obtained and, and ready to go. Mm. Yeah. And if people have more questions, I want to move on to talking about Marilyn Manson's strategy going forward and well, mm -hmm. and all, uh, his legal strategy up to this point and going forward. But for mm -hmm. people who have questions about the anti-slap ruling that we're talking about and don't understand the rationale, look at the previous video that we did together. I'll link to it below. We, we talked about this because Andrea actually predicted that this was going to be the ruling and we talked about the motivations for it and so forth. Okay. So Andrea, did Howard King fuck up doing this in California? <laughs> That's what someone wants to know. It's a great question. Uh, I don't know that he had a lot of choice to do it anywhere but in California. You know, there, there's there's grounds you have to establish to 
show that a court in a particular place has jurisdiction over the wrong itself that you're trying to litigate and the parties that are necessary to adjudicate it. So that's a pretty limited number of places where these types of, of things can be brought. So like Johnny Depp, he could go to Virginia in, with his lawsuit because Amber had written that op-ed in the Washington Post, which is based in Virginia. But like with Evan Rachel Wood, I guess I guess I guess most of her shenanigans have been like in California. What about like going on The View? Like if The View was a New York show or something, I know New York's not much better with the anti-slap stuff. But like mm-hmm. if she appeared, if she she has appeared on television shows that are based elsewhere or the companies are based elsewhere, could could he do a Johnny Depp and sue elsewhere, or is it kind of Well, he could sue elsewhere if his cause of action was arising from that specific act. So if he was suing her for defamation over something he said on The View, then sure, he could probably make an argument that there's a jurisdictional hook to get it into court wherever The View is filmed. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's where the wrong was committed. You know, she went to New York, went on camera and said the things. But the problem is, since that's not what he's suing her for, that's not going to give him that that basis. The, the activities, by and large, appear to have taken place mostly in California. Uh, the only like r- potential good option that I see that might have been an alternative is that you know, Evan claims she lives in Tennessee now. Wait a minute, where she's bravely sheltering in her bunker <laughs> yes. with a Navy SEAL team protecting her from Maryland. Yes, now that's not showing her child to the world. <laughs> but so, so where a defendant lives can often be, you know, a, a valid basis for establishing jurisdiction there. That wouldn't get him jurisdiction over Ilma Gore necessarily. I'm not even sure where she is right now. I think she was in Florida for a while. Uh, so, so that's a potential implication. Uh, but then also being able to still rope in, you know, the fact that the court is being asked to adjudicate all of this stuff that happened probably mostly in California, probably mostly governed by California law, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that type of thing just, just gets a little bit complicated. So no, California is a hundred percent, not an ideal forum to be litigating. Sounds like it's the worst things. Sounds like you said it was the worst the other day. Well, you know, it's got the most protective anti-slap statute. There's just there's just really no no question about that. And and like we've talked about, the implication of that is you just basically don't get to sue people if you're famous for for things that that people say against you. It's is the bar is just so extremely high. And you have to be able to walk into court and prove that somebody actually knew in their mind, actually entertained serious doubts about the truth of what they had to say. You know, how, how realistic is, is that as a practical matter? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so that's frankly, from my perspective, that's the cost of doing business in Hollywood, you know, you yeah. used to live in California. That's why everybody in California is trying to get out. This is the law you're going to live under. <laughs> That's why everybody's trying to get out of California. <laughs> messed up. <laughs> Just one of the one of the many ways California is messed up. Well, okay, but it's good to know that if I ever want to. Um, create a hoax against someone i just moved to california and i'm golden so i'm gonna i'm gonna file that away in case this youtube thing doesn't work out okay so here's my question um just being very very honest i mean you're always honest but but thinking very sort of realistically about marilyn manson's strategy as i see it tell me if i'm wrong there's two paths here one um he can take this all the way to court and just and the with the goal being that even if he doesn't end up 
quote unquote getting Evan or he's not able to overturn, you know, public opinion on his Me Too stuff, that he's he will still put her through as much legal pain. And I believe she deserves to go through pain because she's done horrible things and caused him pain. But he can he can make this as hard for her as possible and take it all the way through trial, air a bunch of dirty laundry, get this. I know it's probably not going to be televised and the media are going to misreport it, but at least get more of this shady stuff out there. He can do that. Right. Or he can take it up to trial and then drop it along the way so it doesn't actually go to court. Which is better? And are those his two options with this? Yeah, well, so his, I mean, his immediate option is going to be to appeal or not, uh, you know, but obviously if he's thinking about settling, then, you know, the the specific steps he takes beyond this point don't really matter. You know, it's, that's, it's just such a tough call. Um, again, because this case was, as I see it, probably intended to be something of a vehicle for him to be able to assert his innocence of these accusations that were made against him, this, this you know, collaboration to accuse him of, of sex crimes. Mm. Uh, now that he can't do that, the lawsuit has really lost a lot of its value in that respect. And, and Is there so a way he can do that? I'm sorry to interrupt. Is there a way he can do that tangentially? Like, I understand that the FBI letter could actually still come into this trial in some way, or is that wrong? Well, theoretically, yes, because it all goes to the motivation, right? If you go to trial and you're arguing, look, these people are swatting me, hacking me, doing all these crazy things, the jury kind of naturally wants to understand, well, why would they do that, <laughs> you know, if, if, they're, if they're trying to evaluate whether that happened or not. So motive evidence can be admissible and you know, to the extent this is the motive, they are, you know, trying to harass him and, and, you know, advance their own careers and, and prominence and stuff like that on the back of, of these accusations, then it does seem like it's probably relevant to those other claims, at least to some extent. But the problem is, again, we've kind of already gotten a little bit of a, a, a tip <laughs> from the judge in, in this in this in this ruling that you know she's not necessarily inclined to see it that way she sees it in terms of why would you even have the anti-slap if you can continue to bring these things up in court and do discovery on them and and stuff like that so it's not necessarily clear how that's going to resolve there's always a lot of uncertainty in cases and you know that's one of the big incentives to, to settle them in the first place that that way at least you know what you're going to get you aren't gambling on on what the judge might or might not give you but you're talking about i was thinking about you know at some point along the way dropping this but you you said settle i mean mm -hmm. you think evan rachel wood is wanting to to pay some money to to manson to make this go or ilma to make this go away because they would be settling because he's bringing the cause of action right well, when I say settle, I, I don't know that we're necessarily talking about the same thing. Uh, okay. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to involve a payment. It's just basically an, an agreement that we're going to walk. I got uh, you. And just given the nature of the ruling, the attorney's fees, things like that are, are always potential bargaining chips that you can throw out there. Look, you know, we walk away if, you know, this, that and the other. Um so I don't necessarily mean, you know, Evan Rachel Wood would acknowledge wrongdoing or okay. would you know, pay him a settlement or, or anything along those lines. Uh, I gotcha. I'm looking at it in terms of him him voluntarily going away. 
One of the things that uh, I wanted to mention before I forget, the problem that they have with the, the remaining claims and, and why those aren't necessarily going to be enough to achieve this goal of, you know, vindicating himself on the sexual misconduct types of accusations is I think a lot like the problem you ran into that Johnny Depp ran into in his trial, where there's all this pushback about, you know, proof that Amber Heard is the abuser, right? And this kind of crazy argument of, well, just because, you know, she abused him doesn't mean he didn't also abuse her and therefore the accusations are true and that type of thing. Uh, it, it, it does kind of create a, a separate talking point that uh, can help her in, in her defense that like, look, just because I was, you know, crazy upset and, and, and angry and whatever distraught about the, the harm that I have suffered. So I did all this crazy stuff. It doesn't mean that those, that those basic underlying things were wrong. You know, I just handled it badly with how I reacted. But wouldn't she uh, have to prove that though? In a if that was her defense in court, wouldn't she have to prove if those things actually happened? Um, I mean, if it's her defense in court, uh, I, I think it's enough for her to prove simply that she believed that they happened. Well, she's fucking you crazy. Know? So, it, so I mean, she's... <laughs> I mean, it's all coming down to <laughs> what is the jury going to think? You know, we've been watching this stuff in, in, in our context. Uh, from, I'm going to kill myself over this case. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have a concussion. Can I run to California and sue Marilyn Manson for that? <laughs> for that. My <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry. Say, restate that. <laughs> And, and, and so, uh, oh God, I don't even remember where You're I was going. Talking about being crazy. I'm sorry. And how and I was asking, like, uh, you it's going to come down to the jury's impression of her. You know, the yeah. bottom line is her testimony is evidence. The weight that they decide to give it is entirely up to them. If if she comes off like Amber Heard, and and you know nobody on the planet believes her, then yeah, it's going to be potentially an easy win for Manson. But that again is a gamble. Evan Rachel Wood is a much, much, much better actress than Amber Heard was. And, uh, you know, you just never really know what a jury, any particular jury is going to think. You change the context from Fairfax to California and, you know, Los Angeles and the implications right. of all that. So it's just a very risky thing for him to do. Um, and then the last question that people were asking, well, two questions. One, can they get a new judge somehow? And then two... Is there people were saying, when will this end? Well, it's never going to really end. It's just going to kind of, you know, I mean, hopefully I hope I have a feeling Manson has more up his sleeve in terms of PR stuff coming up and so forth. But I mean, I don't know if it's it's not ever going to end. It's just going to they're going to be sort of like climbing out of a, a hole, like even, you know, Johnny Depp was very lucky to get that. He had sort of this perfect scenario in a way where he got he had everyone in the world laser focused on his case for a several week period. And they got to hear all those crazy those crazy audios with Amber Heard and see her not her f crying, but not crying and all. I mean, that was great. But Manson's just not going to get that. So I think it's mm -hmm. it is going to be like a, it's a long, hard road out of hell. Mm -hmm. And he's he's moving out, but it's going to be more more time. So, you know, I don't really know. People say, when will this end? I don't know what that means. If you have an idea, you can let me know. But can they get another judge or nah? Uh, I think it's probably too late at this point. You know, things things do happen sometimes with judges, you know, moving on, judges retiring, judges getting different positions, that that type of thing. So, you know, luck can strike and, and that type of thing can happen. A uh, reason for the case to be reassigned can come up. 
But as far as them being able to like disqualify the judge or, or uh, look for another one, it's likely too late for that type of thing to happen. Is Lance Ito still available? What's he? Yeah, yeah good question, right? <laughs> he would get this on TV for us. He would. <laughs> we need Lance Ito. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you have any. Uh, thank you for joining us. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts or anything I haven't asked you? Well, I just, you, you know, I would kind of underscore what you had to say about the long road out of hell, uh, because litigation is always a long game, e even under the best circumstances. And, you know, I, I'm not like a big chess player or fan or anything like that, but I understand at least there are kind of stages to the game. You know, you have your openings and you have your middle game and, and you have your, your end game and, and that type of thing. And there's all kinds of different things happening and different things, different strategies you employ at different parts of, of, uh, of the, of the game. And so with a lawsuit, it, it's really very similar. And we're only just getting out of that, that opening part. Uh, the opening hasn't necessarily gone that, that well for Manson, uh, but it doesn't mean he doesn't still have plenty of things that he can bring uh, in those, in those later parts of the process. It's just, yeah, there's such a cost with uh, a lawsuit in terms of your obviously expense. You know, we're talking potentially years here, especially if this thing goes up on appeal. Assume that's going to add at least a year and maybe two, you know, to however long it's, it takes for, for this stuff to go forward. Uh, as we've seen, they set a trial date for like a year out from now. Uh, if it goes to appeal, you know, that's going to kick down, get kicked down the road again as well. So we're, we're not talking, you know, resolution is, is right around the corner. There's a lot of financial cost. There's a lot of just personal cost of, having to deal with this type of thing uh litigation isn't isn't fun for anybody you know i guess there are some lawyers that enjoy it uh but a lot of them don't even like it themselves you know it's just lucrative so you say you do it uh, yeah but, uh, but certainly for manson for Lindsay, for their family for their fans you know it, it, it's not it's not it's not fun for anybody so He's got, as you know, various lawsuits against him, you know, percolating or at various stages. Right. Mm -hmm. And so as you know, if you were if you were representing him, does he have to basically like I hated the Esme Bianco settlement? I hated mm -hmm. it, but I understood what had to be done. I do feel like the, I feel like the field has gotten more balanced since then. You know, Ashley Morgan Smith line recanted and and you know, some other mm -hmm. stuff. And so I personally, I don't like the idea of him settling, but is this basically kind of where this is heading? heading like he's going to have to, is it just practically speaking, he's going to have to give these, these lying bitches some money? I don't know if he's going to have to, uh, but I, 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 it won't surprise me if that happens. And I, I won't necessarily think that's a bad thing if it happens either. And a big reason for that is just because Again, there's there's only so much upside now that, that he really has by continuing to go down this road. To the extent that this is a two-front battle, part in the court, part in the court of public opinion, you know, there, there's still a lot that he is getting for that court of public opinion that he can work with. One of the, the big factors that I think hasn't really been highlighted enough, in my opinion, is how California changed the law 
exactly the way that Evan Rachel Wood had been advocating for when she was complaining, I can't bring my case against Marilyn Manson. I have all this evidence. Back when, when she was advocating for the Phoenix Act and to extend the statute of limitations to be able to bring uh, these yeah. types of claims. That is exactly what she was arguing needed to happen. And that's what was preventing her from being able to get her own justice. Uh, she formed an entire freaking foundation around this principle. So now she's gotten exactly what she wanted like almost two years ago. Where the hell is your lawsuit, Evan? Where did it go? Why aren't you like the first person up the steps at the courthouse filing this case that was so important to you that you went to the U.S. Congress, you went to the California Congress to argue about how necessary this type of thing was? It just really, uh, I, I think, shows the emptiness of the accusation that once she's actually handed the opportunity to bring it, uh, on a silver platter. What does she do? She 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 disappears. She vanishes. Mm -hmm. She's got nothing to say now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it seems like if, if, if you wanted so badly to get the word out on this predator who's terrorizing women and you're constantly ragging the LASD and the DA and the authorities for not doing anything and you even went to the to the to the trouble to make a two part documentary, quote unquote, <laughs> exposing this man. Yeah. Why wouldn't you file the lawsuit that you've been complaining for years and years that you couldn't file and expose him and let's walk it through court and let everybody see all the things that he did to you that you claim that he, he did to you? And yeah, so showing well, you know the why. world that she wanted to litigate her claim by HBO, you know, and, and not by the justice system, that's not something that he needs a lawsuit, you know, to be able to be able to prove. So he's just he, he does. He's got a lot to work with in the court of public opinion. He's got not a lot of upside left from going forward with this lawsuit. Uh you know, for, for those reasons, yeah, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if there is some type of voluntary resolution that, that keeps it from going all the way to trial. Uh, again, like you, I think I'm not necessarily going to love that, uh, but that's the reality of the justice system. It's trade-offs, it's risks, it's cost-benefit analysis. You, you got to pick your battles and focus on the ones that, that you can win. Uh, it's getting increasingly difficult for him to get a good win out of the lawsuit. Uh, it, it might just be more appropriate for him to turn his attention more uh, back to the court of public opinion.